Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I am excited to be with you again today to be back into our study. If you're joining with us for the first time, we're in the beginning, beginning of a long series where we're going to walk through the entire Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 5 today. We're going to look just, uh, just look at a couple of verses each week from each chapter, and uh, by the end of the school year, sometime around, just around summer, we'll break out of John into something else. But from now till then, buckle up, because this is a great gospel and a good time to, uh, to get in the Word together. So Father God, would you bless the reading of your Word, bless um, your, your Word going forth into our lives. God, challenge us call us, God, uh, cultivate within us a yearning for you, a yearning for what you are doing. God, some of us are at the edge of the pool, and we're waiting. And so, Lord God, I pray that this would be a day in which the stir would happen, and we would be invited in. There's something for us. In Jesus' name, we come before you looking to your word. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 Um, John chapter 5, we're going to read through a couple of verses. I'm going to kind of preach and read at the same time, so I hope you're with me. Let me hear amen when you get to John chapter 5. Come on, I'll wait for some more people. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I need a couple more amens before we move on. There's one or two. Come on now, if you're late to the party, you've got to say it loud. John chapter 5. Okay, all right. All right, here we go. John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Let's pause there for one second. I got a picture of the pool that I want you to see, um, and then we'll go back to the scripture. I just want you to see this pool. This is, so to allow your mind to imagine what you're reading, it might be hard for you to see it. I can see it real well on the TV screen behind me right there. So if, you're, if you can't see it well there, you can turn back there, say hi to your neighbor behind you, and check that picture out. This is the pool. We'll talk more about the pool in a minute. But as you hear the you to kind of picture, there's the, the body of water at the bottom, and there's the, the set of stairs progressing. Tra- well, anyway, traversing down into the water. And then there's the colonnades or the, the spots above it that kind of overlook, overhangs, that look down into the pool. And this is kind of like a, like a gem of a place that, uh, that, that is known and it has a reputation. And, and, uh, and yet, um, because of what it's known for and the reputation that it has, it's also a place that is a little bit like, mm, keep that at an arm's length. We'll talk more about that in a minute. All right, here I am. I'm back in verse 3. Here there was a great number of disabled people who used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Let that set in for a second. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and, leaned, and, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? Let me help you understand the, the story here. So this, uh, this pool, this, this hidden treasure, um, it is believed that uh, periodically, there was no rhyme or, ri- or reason, there was no rhythm to it, but periodically an angel would descend to the waters and would stir, literally stir up the waters. You can picture it like a whirlpool. The angel would begin to stir the waters and the worlds would begin to swirl around and around and around and around. And it, in that precise moment, no time before, no time after, in this precise moment, the first person who made it into the received complete healing for whatever it was that was going on. So whatever their need was, their, their physical need, their emotional need, their, their, their psychological need, whatever that need waters were stirring, if they were the first person to get to the waters, right? But a second person, 
waters, you know what they were? They were wet, but they weren't healed. It was only the first person into the waters when, when the angel was doing something that would receive this healing. And so as word got out that this is what would happen, those greatest need for healing began to camp out there. They began to wait. They just waited at the water side. If, 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 the, worlds, if the waters would begin to swirl, they would wait for the moment and do took to get into the water and so here is this guy who's been who's been who who, who has, has had this dysfunction for 30 years of his life and he knows that others are his hope he knows that if he gets into the water at that moment that healing will come and so he said so jesus says to him after learning his story want to get well. Think about it for a minute. Why else would he be there? <laughs> I mean, I'm not there to hang out with my friends. I, I, I'm not there because this is the guy. I, I want to get well. That'd be like me saying, do you, do you want to learn about Jesus? Well, why else would you show up on Sunday? You're like, pastor, that's why I'm here, right? Well, kind of that's what we would say, but, but I don't think Jesus is, is missing the mark when he says, do you want to get well? This guy had been sitting at the pool for a long time. Let's see what he says back. Verse 7. Sir, he says to Jesus, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else comes running down ahead of me. In other words, I've gotten in the water a couple of times. I just wasn't ever there at the right time. Somebody else came in and grabbed just what I thought was for me. The guy who's talking, he doesn't know who Jesus is. He has no idea who this Jesus guy is. He's just talking to this guy who's talking to him, right? And, uh, and he says, I'm sitting at the pool for a reason, guy. It's just that I can't quite make it. And he gives a whole bunch of reasons why. You know, I'm sitting here, and nobody's willing to help me. Everybody wants their own blessing instead of helping me get mine. And just when I thought this was going to be for me, somebody thought they were going to help me in, but they jumped in the water ahead of me. Like, they just swooped up what I thought was for me. Like, yes, I want to get well. But Jesus, why are you asking me this? I mean, it's kind of like maybe this has happened to you before in your life. You ever sit down and pray to God? What did it Okay, let me finish. Have you ever sat down and prayed to God and internally you had an agenda? You had things you wanted God to accomplish. Did you ever, I mean, come on. Go before God and you were just like, here's what I want God to do. Right, right? I'm young in the game. I'm young in the game. Some of you who are a little older in the game have had this experience to a greater level. Mom, I'm sorry for all I put you through. But, you know, if, you're, if, you've, if you've done the parenting thing or if you're in the parenting scene, you've gone to God with an agenda before. You were praying on behalf of your kids, and you knew what was right for them. You was like, they need to do this, this, and this, Lord. If you could just make that happen, that would be great, right? And in the midst of your prayer time with God, maybe this has happened to you before. In the midst of your prayer time with God, do you kind of pause for a moment and just allow God to respond? So you're not just kind of uttering through everything. You're going to wait for a minute and say, okay, God, I trust that you'll speak back in this moment. And, and in the back of your head, maybe, maybe it's a silent voice. Maybe, maybe it's just something that's on your heart. Maybe it's an audible voice through your radio or whatever. You hear the booming voice that says something completely different than what you were going to God with. You were like, hey, God, I just want you to do this, this, and this for, you, for my kids. And he was like, what about your heart? You're like, God, this ain't the moment for that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to you about my kids trying to tell you about your kids. You know, like, you go before God, by God, you know, um, you know, if my wife could just understand, if my, I'm not saying my wife, <laughs> I'm praying only for y'all. <laughs> if my husband, I don't have a husband, if my husband could just understand, you know, you're going to God with an agenda, you just kind of listing out what you want God to do, and then all of a sudden, God's like, but what about you? And you're like, ooh, yeah. Amen. Okay, we're done. Good, done, done. I'm going to Go read something or something, right? And so you, maybe you've had that moment where you've been like, you know, you, you're 
you have you have in your mind how this is going to work and and god just says something you're just like why do you have to do that because you're god that's why so jesus looks at him he doesn't know this is jesus jesus looks at him and says do you want to get well yeah we all do we're sitting on the steps waiting could you stir the waters please verse 8 Then Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I want to start this morning by saying this. I don't believe that everybody who comes to the well wants to get well. I don't believe everybody who comes to church wants to fall in love with Jesus. I don't believe everybody who comes to the pool wants to get well. I believe there's a lot of reasons why you would go to places like this and while you would sit at the, at the, at the side. And, and I also believe that maybe at one point you did want to get well or at one point you, you, you did want to fall in love with Jesus, but some life's things have gotten in the way and now you just kind of got rutted in. You just said on Sunday mornings, my car just starts and we just go. It's not so much an expectation that God is going to move when I'm there. It's just kind of and I'm not going to oversleep, you know? Like it's just, it's just as natural as it is for me to get up, it's natural for me to go. And it's like, hey, you know, I've been sitting at the well for 38 years. You know what happens when you're sitting at the well, you're sitting at the, at the pool for 38 years? You lose hope. The first time you go to the pool because you hear that the waters can heal you, you go with full anticipation that something fantastic is going to happen. The second anticipation because now you've witnessed it the third time is still looming within you by the time you get to like the 10th time you're like hey wait a minute this is 38 years of it this is 38 years of being close but not able right and so for 38 years he's there he's like just fix this so now why is he continuing to go well in part because He's got some community there. You know what happens when broke people find broke people? They become broke people together. Right? So he's got some, got some connection there. By the way, if you don't know it, you're in a place with a whole bunch of broke and broken people. Amen? Amen. 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 And, and look, 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 there's some community in that. But watch this, watch this. You know what else is in that? When one of us finds the healing... There's hope for all. When one of us discovers what Jesus can do, there's hope for all of us. We see this in Scripture. God heals somebody. You know what they do? They go run frantically into town. We talked about this last week. They run frantically into town and just tell everybody. Tell everybody. There's a guy who's doing the craziest. Look at me. My life has changed. There's hope when you're around people whose lives have been affected by God, but share the similar circumstances as you. I don't believe that just because you're at the pool, you want to get well. Jesus obviously was prodding in this direction as well. Sir, I have no one to help me in. Do you really want to get well? I have no one to help me in. While I'm here and waiting, someone else takes my chance. Jesus responds, He doesn't say get in the pool. He doesn't say get wet. He doesn't say wait for the spirit to stir. He says, get up. Get up right now. Pick up what's yours and go. And watch this. Watch this. Verse 9, it says, at once. I love this. It says, at once. Immediately, with urgency, the man was cured. He was healed. His situation was it was remedied what he had been waiting for he had just ascertained it like it was now the moment was occurring if he would just say yes he would jump up and he picks up his mat and he begins to walk this is crazy this is crazy begins to walk presumably something he had never done before think about this at least something that he hadn't done for 38 years, and presumably something he had never, ever done before. Jesus says to him, the pool does a lot, but watch what I could do. 
get up and walk. Now, <clears throat> later on in the story, you, you have to believe me this far if you haven't read the story before, but later on in the story, you're, it's going it's to be evident that he doesn't know Jesus. That he doesn't literally, he literally doesn't know him as much as I don't, if you're visiting, as much as I don't know who you are, he doesn't know who Jesus is. It's just some who's talking to him. But this guy says to him, I know why you're waiting by the pool, but watch this, get up and walk. And he needs to make a decision moment. I want to say this to you. I don't know why you came today, but I believe today is a day in which you have a chance to make a decision. You have a chance to say yes to a choice. And, and that choice, maybe it may be saying, get it may be saying, do never done before. It may be saying, praying for for a long time. Now is the time at once. Listen, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the voice of God calling to you. Get up. Take what's yours and walk. And he needs to decide. And it says he jumped up. I got up all at once. I moved in that moment and I was cured. I was healed and I took what was mine and I walked. Now, I think they could have just stopped the story because what happens after this gets us in the waters that eventually hang Jesus on a cross. But up until this point, I, I don't want us to miss this. This guy listened to the voice of God without knowing that it was the voice of God. So you might be sitting here today and you might be like, I didn't know that's what I came here for today. I didn't know that's what was ahead of me. I didn't know this would be my opportunity. I'm not prepared. Get up. Get up. Step into the moment that's in front of you. Some of you have come here thinking, I don't know how I'm going to respond to the situation that I know I'm going to be in tomorrow. I don't know how that's going to work out with my boss, with my, my family. I don't know how it's going to work out with my finances, with my social stuff. I don't know the response. And I'm saying to you today, as clearly as I can, step into the situation that God has ahead of you. Just step fully trusting that, God, you're going to be in. I ain't never walked before, but he told me to get up, so I'm going to move my legs that I ain't never been able to move before. And I'm going to take this thing that used to represent my laying place, and I'm going to get on the march with it. I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to hold it in such a way that when people see it, they know that the guy who used to be dependent on the mat now carries it. I don't lean on it. I don't lay on it. I carry it. I carry it. It's mine to testify that God is doing something. It's mine to show that God has shown up. It's mine to show that something is new here. Oh, God's going to say something today. All right, here we go. The day on which all of this took place, this is funny, I walked into my house the other day on, uh, on Friday, sorry, real quick, walked into my house on Friday, and the, Scott, can you turn the heat down over there? I'm, I'm blasting. I walked into my house on Friday, and, uh, and the ladies at the house were having a, uh, the, 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 Friday, the Friday small group, and they were talking about this, talking about the Sabbath. They were talking about the Sabbath, and I walked out, and then I ran back in, and I was like, I've been learning about this. Let me just drop some knowledge on you real quick. And then I ran out again. I felt like, just drop. Um, so here it says, the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so Jewish culture, this would be Saturday, just to help you. We won't go through the whole thing, right? It was Saturday in that day, in that era, understood culture. It was Saturday. Now, now if you go back into the Old Testament, there's some, there's some rules around Saturday. There's some rules around Saturday. And I want to I give you this, I'm going to give you this. There's a difference here between uh, principle and method. All right? Stay with me. Principle and method. So the principle means this is the, this is the, the what, uh, this is the why, this is the why, that's the principle. And then the method is the what. All right? So the principle puts on display God's desire and then the method is how we'll carry out to put on display God's desire. Okay? Okay? You with me? All right, here you go. Principle and, and kind of real life example right here. So principle, when it snows tonight, when it snows tonight, all of you are going to want the parking lot to be clear. Right? Method. I could get out there with a small shovel and just work from, 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 from tomorrow, from tonight, until next Sunday, so it's clear. Or the plow truck could come through in about 20 minutes. All right? Method. That's method. Either way, the principle 
desire, the big desire was we want the parking lot clear. The method by how we go about it doesn't matter. One way or the other, it's got to get worked out, right? So the principle in the Old Testament, God says, we're going to honor the Sabbath. We're going to honor the Sabbath. This is just a small bunny rabbit trail we're going to go over for a minute. We're going to honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the seventh day in the work of the Lord. So, so God got working, got working, got working, got working, and on the seventh day, God rested. If you don't know that, that's the beginning of Genesis. Check it out. Day God rested, he institutes the Sabbath. All throughout the rest of the Old Testament, there's talk of the Sabbath principle behind it. The principle of the, of the Sabbath is it's a day in which God is going to be honored and man is going to rest. God is going to be honored and man is going to rest. Now, when we get to, get to the, the, the U.S. culture and, and, and the founding of our nation and then you get to our calendar, there was a, well, what do we do? Like, we understand, the, 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 the Jewish culture understands the Sabbath to be on Saturday, but the, the, the Christian or the Christio whether you understand that word, um, the, the Christian culture understands the Sabbath to be on Sunday because of the resurrection, right? And so what do we do? What do we do? And then when they founded our nation, they said, I've got an answer. We'll take both. And so we get two-day weekends, Saturday and Sunday. So there you go. It's, there's a little cultural lesson right there, okay? All right, so you're welcome. You're welcome. Those who are real excited about it, you're welcome. So, so here you go. So the, I, want, I don't want you to miss this. So, so the principle of the Sabbath is that we're going to honor God and we're going to rest, right? So now, now John tells us, he says, the day on which all of this took place was the Sabbath. There's a reason why he's going to tell you that, so follow along. <clears throat> and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had just been healed, hey, congrats for getting healed. It's so great. I'm so thankful that you're able to do all the things you're able to do. No, they don't say that. The Jewish men and Jewish leaders come up to the man who had just been healed, and they say, uh, it is the Sabbath, right? And the law forbids you to be carrying your mat. Got <laughs> this. 38 years you've laid on this thing. You've done everything that your body does on this thing because you can't move from it. It represents everything in you and everything that was once in you. And is carrying it for the first time. He's normally carried on it. And he's carrying it for the first time. And the Jewish leaders come up to him and say, uh, 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 you, uh-uh, you know, you ain't supposed to be carrying that. You don't work on this day. That doesn't seem holy. Well, I don't know about you, but God, if you, if, if you take this record thing and you fix it, I'm going to celebrate it every day, all right? And so I hold that mat, and I'll testify holding my mat. I might carry it. Like, I want the world, I'm carrying what you. Because God has done something that has changed. Right? So he's carrying his mat, and the people are coming up to him and say, you ain't supposed to be doing that. you breaking the rule. Because the rule says you don't work, and that's like work because you're carrying the mat. <clears throat> so what happens the first time you get in trouble? Anybody remember, anybody remember when, all right, look, look. <laughs> I know somebody got a story to tell. I won't, I won't invite you to tell the story, but you can talk about it at lunch. You, you remember? in trouble, like in times when it didn't really matter, like not like trouble with the law, please don't, don't remember those stories and don't tell them, but, but you used to get in trouble, you know, like maybe ain't no little kids in the room, right? So, you know, like you sitting in math class and you didn't remember one of your multiplication tables, but your neighbors wrote really big, you know, you looked over, don't do this, and you looked over, you looked over, oh. But your eyes were too big like mine, and somebody saw you, and you got in trouble, right? That kind of trouble. You, you see the kind of trouble I'm talking about? I'm not talking about like trouble like you going to get you go, you you know like you you up for grabs. But I'm saying like trouble like you going to get your hand smacked. Remember that kind of trouble? Remember that kind of trouble? And even though you was only going to get your hand smacked, you still was petrified, weren't you? You still was shaking. You still was like, oh, mom finds out I am in trouble. And so you try to think of anything you could to get out of trouble, right? I didn't look off of her paper. She looked off of mine. Yeah, you try to come up with any answer. Am I the only one who's ever done any of this? Y'all looking at me like praying for me? Somebody's like extending hands in the back. They're like, get saved, get saved. Come on, it's all right. It's all right. Confession is good for the soul. And so <clears throat> I want you to get why I'm saying this, right? The guy has just gotten caught carrying his mat. And, uh, and he is in trouble. He's in trouble for probably for the first time in his life. 
And so he replies, uh, the man who told me, who made me well, he, uh, he told me to pick up my mat and walk. In other words, it ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. Now, I'm not going to chase this too far, but just hear this. Both of the times that this guy speaks, he has an excuse for it not being his fault. There's a sermon there for somebody. Both of the times that he speaks, he has an excuse for it not being his fault. The first time he's talking to Jesus, he doesn't know who Jesus is. Jesus says, do you want to get well? And he says, I want to, but I can't because these other guys won't let me. It's their fault that I'm not better yet. Their fault I didn't get into the pool. Then he gets carrying his mat, which, by the way, he should celebrate the fact he got caught in his carrying He gets caught carrying Guys come up and say, you shouldn't be carrying your mat. He said, yeah. Oh, it's worse than carrying it? Laying on it. Mm-hmm. And I ain't got to lay on it anymore. So no matter what you say now, I ain't got to lay back down. We good, right? Like, do that, right? He said, uh, um, the guy who made me better, he told me to carry my mat, so take it up with him. He immediately just shifts that blame. Now, that's all further I'm going on that sermon, so I hope you follow along. And if you like that, check that out later. 12, <clears throat> so they asked him, who is this guy? Who is the fellow who told you to pick up, pick it up and walk? Here, I told, you, I told you he didn't know who Jesus was, 13. The man who, has, who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that had already been there. Note that oftentimes when we talk about Jesus, we talk about to put our faith in Jesus. Please, stay for the whole sermon. I'm not saying that's wrong. That is absolutely right. There's going to be an invitation. Listen, please. But understand this. You and I don't have the ability to confine God to what we naturally understand. You hear me? Now, I also care about you enough that I won't gamble your don't understand. So I'm going to preach and teach what I understand from the book. But there are moments like this where I'm like, God, you operated out of bounds of what I know. Thank you. Because there's hope. There's hope. So, so Jesus has this moment where he comes up to the guy, and he's, he doesn't say, hey, do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm about to do? Will you believe in those things so that you can have forever and your life can get better? He doesn't say that. He just says to him, do you want to get better? And the guy says, I, I want to, but I got a whole bunch of reasons why I can't. And Jesus said, I got why you can, because I said so. Get up and walk. And the guy gets better. Now watch this. Jesus then Jesus slips out. They don't have any more conversation. There's no theology taught there. The disciples don't come running in with all the answers. There's no understanding yet that this guy has bent his knee and said, Jesus, you are mine. We don't see that. What we do see is this. Jesus healed him. Jesus took something that wasn't functioning the way it was supposed to for 38 years, and he created a testimony out of it. He testified of his ability, and, 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 and honestly, he gave the guy an opportunity to experience something he would have never been able to experience otherwise. Because if he'd been laying by the pool for 38 years, I got to imagine he would have laid there for the rest of his life. <clears throat> 14. Later, Jesus found him again at the temple. Pause for one second. Where did he find him? The, that guy hadn't been to the temple. He hadn't been there before. He comes into the temple first time. He's walking in, he's like, the lights, the carpet. The people, <laughs> you know, but he's just in awe, right? This is all brand new to him. And there is no reason for us to assume that he came in knowing how to do everything you do when you're in the temple. He just came in, he showed up. I'm in the temple. This is great. And then Jesus finds him there. He doesn't go find Jesus. Hear this today because there's another message in this. Jesus finds him there. All the dude did was showed up. Showed up. And when he showed up, God did all the rest. It, God is simply saying to you one step. Just one step. Just show up. If you show up, watch what I can do. 
If you lay by the pool and you avail yourself, watch what I can do. If you would just move one little inch in my direction, what I can do. Shows up. Jesus finds him in the temple. And Jesus says to him, see, you're well again. Now, this is the first point where teaching comes. And Jesus says, stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. <clears throat> I believe there's two points underlying this text that Jesus shares with him. Obvious, right? Like, as believers in Jesus, you and I can attest to this, that now that the light of God is in us, there's no place for darkness. That's what that now that we walk with God, we no longer walk in the ways of old. Paul says, as I grew up, I put away childish things, right? Like, like I, I move away from the sin and I move toward the Savior, right? We understand that as people who follow Jesus. So that's, the very, that's, that's, this, that's this level right here, very surface level. I get this. Now watch this. Here's a deeper level. What happens in this text is that Jesus' move toward the cross begins. This is the first point where Jesus is persecuted. Persecution comes as a result of Jesus putting on display who he is. He does what only God can do. The people, people of God say, oh, wait a minute. I'm not sure we're ready for that. He's a saying. He's things that he's not, I don't agree with. And so as a result, they persecute him. They're going to they're point him toward the Jesus on this level is saying, now that, now, now that you've experienced me, put that other stuff aside. Put whatever your brokenness is aside. So maybe you're here today and you're walking with Jesus, but, but, but your walk is, you know, it's just, it's not a, you're not a good pace. You're not at a good clip because this is a whole bunch of mess in your life. Hear this today. Stop sinning. We don't say it clearly enough, boldly enough. Stop sinning. Your sin and my sin don't look the same, so don't adopt mine. Stop yours. Don't look and say, well, I'm not doing what Pastor Ray did. That's my sin. God's talking to you about your sin. Stop. Put away those things. Move toward the Savior. Just by saying, hey, God, as an act of obedience, this thing that used to own a good portion of who I am, I'm putting it aside. And as I put that aside, I'm availing myself to you. And then, God, whatever you'll do, meet me in that temple. Let me have that moment with you. But when you meet him in the temple, hear what Jesus could have said anything to him. He could have broken down. He could have said, me and the Father are one. He could have said, the cross is coming my way. He could have said, once I die, if you would believe in me, the church on you. He could have said anything he wanted to him, and he said to him, stop sinning. I want you to get the weight of what Jesus just did to him. He ain't never confessed all the sins that he's committed to Jesus. They didn't sit down over coffee and talk about it. Like, Jesus didn't know all of his junk as Je you know, just as a man on earth. Now, because Jesus is God, he has a little more knowledge than the rest of us. But, but get this. Jesus just looked into the depths of his Stop. And we live in a culture and a day in which it's not acceptable for somebody else who loves Jesus to look at you and say, that's not of Jesus, because we're afraid we're going to mess on, step on somebody's toes, or we're going to say something that's offensive. So I can be offensive from the front because I have a microphone, and they're not going to mute me. Stop. Please, not for my soul, for yours. Stop. That's just this level. That's surface level. Now watch this. Jesus, because of is coming, because of what this guy did, this guy ratted him out. Get this. This guy rats out Jesus. We're going to see it in a minute. He's going to rat Jesus out, and as a result, the people are going to say, we're going to go persecute him. Jesus knows this. This is not news to him. He's one with the Father. He knows this. He knew this before the beginning of time. He knew when he was healing the guy at the pool that the guy would turn around and rat him out. So when Jesus says, stop sinning, turn away from the ways of old, but he says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus is also foreshadowing what's coming his way. Stop sinning. Or what they're doing to me, well, it'll fail in comparison to what they're going to do to you. Because you might live great here. But if you trade all that in for your soul, the doors of eternity don't look so promising. 
There's a deeper call to Jesus saying, get away from it. All right. So the man needing to decide what to do with that, verse 15, the man went away, found the Jewish leaders, and told them, it was Jesus who made me well. There it is. The snitch is in the room. There it is. Jesus did it. It was Jesus who This morning, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions really quickly. Proverbial, proverbial, proverbially speaking. That word. Speaking with a bigger idea. You're at the pool. Last week, you were at the well. This week, you're at the edge of the waters at the pool. But do you really want to get better? Do you really want to allow the working of God to change your life? I can't answer that question for you, but I can tell you there have been times in my own life where I've had to wrestle with that question. Second thing I want to ask you, are you willing to respond immediately? Immediately. Not all the details are there. Not all the answers are figured out. No promises of anything greater. Are you willing to respond immediately? As God says, this next step, are you willing to at once get going? Third thing I want to ask you is, do you believe that God can and that only God can? There was a, a short season of my life where I liked watching TV from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock uh, during a week. And it's because Oprah was on. I, I laugh about it too, but I was not the only one. All right? Her bank account shows that a lot of other people watched, okay? All right? One of the, uh, one of the more profound uh, uh, minority and female uh, leaders for a long time, maybe for a longer than a long time. But uh, uh, here's where I'm going with this. Um, before there was a Dr. Phil, there was Oprah. And Dr. Phil was the guy who she would call in when she needed somebody to, to come and, and be the expert in the room. She would solicit Dr. Phil's counsel. And so he would make appearances on her show. And then from there, he got his own show. And then the rest of that is history. <clears throat> but watch this, watch this. Why I liked watching that is because in the course of an hour, everything would get fixed. It would get fixed. You know, you come in, and, and it's falling apart, and, and there's a documentary about it, and at the end, everybody gets a free TV, you know, right? And, and everybody seemed to leave happy and better, right? And it was something cool about the idea that, that, that it could just, uh, it, it, it could be fixed. <clears throat> but I could guarantee you there's a lot of people who have turned to Oprah or Phil, and I mean no offense in case you all listening to our podcast. I mean no offense. There's probably a lot of people who turn to Oprah or Dr. Phil or, 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 or a Ouija board or, or something that's printed in a, on a newspaper or, or the back of their fortune cookie or anywhere else to find the answers. And, and inevitably, it didn't work out. Do you believe that God can? And have you gotten to the place where you understand that only God can? Yes. See, that piece... God, I've experienced else. I've tried on my own. I've worked really hard. I, I pulled up my bootstraps. I, I worked two, three, four jobs. I did everything I could, and it didn't get fixed. God, I now understand that it is only you who can. Let me, let me let you in on one quick secret. You don't need to try all those things to get to this place. You can accept the testimony of someone else, right? It is only God who can. 
Now, that does not diminish what God does through medicine or through science or through people or through counsel. It doesn't diminish any of those things. It just tells you who, who's undergirding them. It is only God who can. It is only God. So whatever it is you're in, the relationship that isn't right, the, 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 the things that are going on with your kids or with your family, the things that aren't right in your own heart, the, 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 the walk that you have that's a little bit too slow, the addiction you have that you can't the definition of yourself that you understand that God didn't give to you. Whatever it is that you have, please hear me say this. It is only God who can. It is only God who can. The rest of the story goes like this. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. I told you it was going to happen. They began to persecute him. It's because I read it before. They began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. In other words, God is still doing what God does, and, and I'm in the business that God has. I am in my father's business. And for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. See that? See that? This guy rats him out. They go confront Jesus. Jesus says, look, I'm just doing my daddy's business. When he says I'm doing my daddy's business, he's making some connections that they would have understood right there. He is saying, me and the father, we go together. He is, give, he is attesting that he died in the present. And as a result, they huddled together and they said, this is it for this guy. We're going to do all we can to get rid of him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. He was making himself an equal with God. That's verse 18, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do, he can do only what he sees his father doing. There's a great message in here for, for, for all of us. Uh, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Listen to me, you don't need to be a father or a mother to understand this. The fact that you're here means that somebody else sees you, and when somebody else sees you, they're watching you, and they want to understand life because of you. And they're looking at you to understand their own stuff and their own junk. And it doesn't mean you have to have everything right, but it does mean this. If you keep running away, you're telling them that that's the way. So if you want somebody else to turn their life back to Jesus, let's start by saying, God, here I am. And then as you turn your life back to Jesus, people watch. Oh, 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 that 180 happened in that direction. And they're going to come along. They're going to come along. They're going to come along. <clears throat> 20. Uh, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he does. Yes, and he will show even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. 21. For just as the Father raises the dead, oh, mm, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to those to whom he is pleased to give it. Did you see what he just did? He said that Jesus said that he has the ability to give life just as the Father has the ability to give life and to raise the dead. Jesus has the ability to raise the dead. We know this to be true because Jesus, in fact, is going to go to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to resurrect. He indeed will be the answer to raising the dead. Jesus is going to call dead people to life. Jesus called you. He called me to life. I hope you understand that connection that he's making. The Father raises people from the dead, and so the Son has the same ability. Jesus, in saying this, he knows what is next the days are marked the journey has begun he is going to go to the cross because this guy who he healed was going to go to somebody else and say yeah that jesus guy did this and when he said that jesus guy did this they were going to slam down on him he he still chose it watch this jesus knows your junk he knew it when he died for it and he still chose to go to the cross. He knew how you would live in it. He knew how you would respond to it. He knew what would happen after you understood what this is as well. Just because you've given your life to Jesus doesn't mean that today isn't a day in which you need to go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I accepted this, but I live like this, and I just need to come back to center with you, God. I need to come back. I need to get right. I need to, I need to seek forgiveness. I need your grace. I need to understand again how much you love me. So I ask you today, church, three questions. They'll probably be up behind me. One, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Not, are you used to coming to the pool? Do you want to get well? Some of us come to the pool because we want to look the part. And we wait for somebody else to jump in the pool to get well, and then we just go play in the water afterwards. Right? We just do the church thing. 
But I'm saying to you today, do you want to get well? Do you really want to allow God to wreck your life so that as he puts the pieces back together, it can look the way he designed it? It'll be a mosaic, but it'll be his. Do you want to get well? Two, do you believe that God and only God can? Whatever your circumstances are, fill in the dots after that. God, without you, it's hopeless, but in you and with you, I have 100% hope that you can. And three, now we're going to get personal. What's that area of your life where you need a new hope? What's the area of your life where you need a new hope? Because maybe you have honestly said, I want to get well. That's why I keep coming to the pool. And maybe you've honestly said, God, it's only you that I believe who can. But because you haven't seen it, you're losing hope in it. What's the area of your life where you need a new hope? I believe that there will come a day when we all experience the new hope that we're longing for. I believe there will come a day, and you know, I, I love the fact that God works it out as he works through Scott, the music together. We sing a song about a day that's ahead, and that soon and very soon, right? Soon and very soon. There's a day ahead of us in which we will experience the 100% wholeness that God has for us. But watch this. I also believe that today, You've got a choice, and I've got a choice. Do I want to get in the pool? God's stirring the waters. Do I want to get in the pool? Don't miss this. You're here for a reason today. Do you want to take a step toward the Father? Do you want to say yes? Do you want to, do you want to say, God, I need you? So God, maybe I'm secure in my salvation. This isn't a come home to Jesus moment. This is just simply a, a surrender and area of my life moment. God, I'm secure in my salvation. I know if I die today, the party in eternity is going to begin and we're going to be good. But, but if you have more days ahead of me, there's some things that look a little bit more like hell on earth than they do like heaven. And I need to be a part of them looking more like the Father, right? And so God, I surrender things to you. I surrender the acts of my mind. I, I surrender the thoughts and the desires that I've had. I surrender the ways that my eyes are going. I surrender the flesh that I have. I surrender, I surrender my, my thoughts about others. I surrender my, my, my submission to authority. I surrender my relationship at work. I sur whatever it is. God, I just need to surrender that to you because I believe that it's only you who can. I can't. Or at least I haven't been able to. And so, God, I, I'll give it to you. Take it up. If you'll take it up. At once, at once, at once I'll step in. At once I'll go. Jesus looks at the guy who's 38 years laying that he's done all his whole life on, and he says to him, do you want to get in the water? And the guy's thinking, there's no way I can. I'm on the top step. I can't get down to the water in time. And Jesus says, then let me the water. Will you move when I tell you? when I tell you to move? Will you go where I tell you to go? Will you do what I tell you to do? And will you do it when I tell you to I don't know how Jesus is going to work it out. Jesus didn't look at him and say, every day of your life is going to get better as a result. He just said, at once. At once. Oh, I could keep going, but I'm not. Mm, Father God, I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would just seal up what you've been doing, God, as we, as we, as we hear the story at once. At once. I believe that somebody here in the room needs to hear that. At once. Take that step in God's direction. At once. Right now. One step in his direction. Why? Because only he can. Because you've tried long enough. Because that step says, yes, I do want it. Yes, I do need it. Yes, only you can provide it. So at once. At once. Jesus, I love the fact that you counted the cost of healing this guy because you knew that in healing him, it was going to put you on blast. And that was going to cost you your life. And you still saw it fit to heal this guy. 
I don't know anything else about that guy's story. He didn't become the world's greatest evangelist. He didn't plant the church. For all we know, he just lived a couple more days of his life healthy and then went on to eternity. But God, you still saw fit to heal him. So Father God, I pray that, that your church would surrender to you. I pray, Lord God, that your church would say yes to you. I pray, Lord God, that your church would affix her eyes on you and say, God, only you can. So when you say it, I step into it. When you put it in front of me, I walk through it. Oh, Father God, I believe that only you can. Only you can heal marriage. Only you can remedy or rectify relationships. Only you can build your church. Only you can turn, away, turn a wicked heart that it would turn back to you. Only you would, would, would draw back those who wander. Only you would call home those who have been disobedient. Only you would fix your eyes on me and say, stop. Stop sinning. Stop turning to other things. Stop trusting in the world. Stop looking for affirmation. And just step toward me. At once, let the church respond. At once, let the church say yes. At once, let us take a step in your direction. At once, let us submit ourselves because the one who offers it to us, whether we know it or not, is the king of the world, is the savior of our soul, is the mediator on our behalf, is one with our Father was there at the beginning and has promised to be there till the end and has declared that without him, we can't. But all things we can. Jesus, I pray this morning that every one of our hearts be pointed toward you. And I don't know what everybody's next step is. None of us would have our feet so firmly planted where they're at that we can't take a step. Firm foundation, yes. Cemented in, unable to move towards you, no. Father God, to people, and if there be anybody here this morning that doesn't know you, God, would you move in their hearts? Yes, I believe who you are. Yes, I believe as much as I know. And yes, I'll stop looking to my own and I'll look to you. That you would have died in my place that I with you one day because you're the son of God, the savior of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, Visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.